teammates. Welcome to Season 2 of the Journeys Through Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Chief Master Sergeant Denny Richardson, New York State Command Chief. No matter what stage in your life or career you are currently at, your journey does not stop. Leadership is a journey. It has no end, but it starts somewhere. It's time. Are you ready to journey through leadership? Hello again, teammates. Chief Master Sergeant Denny Richardson back with you again. And welcome to episode 12, the final episode for season two of the Journeys Through Leadership podcast. To my audience, thank you for the continuous support and love and for making this platform a success. Let's finish season two with a bang. In this episode, I have traveled to the 106 Rescue Wing in Long Island, New York, to have a conversation with pararescueman Samuel Rhoda. Welcome, Sergeant Rhoda, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Chief, for having me here. Uh, you have lots of very accomplished people on this podcast, and I'm honored to be on your podcast uh, you know, along such wonderful people. So, oh, man. Well, you. yeah, thanks for that, man. And uh, now you're going to be one of those accomplished people. Uh, well, <laughs> I hope I can live up to that. Yeah. Thank you. No, I'm sure you will, man. I'm excited, man. You know, look, we're sitting here. We're sitting here in uh, Chief Houston's office. The sun's shining, and we got a, 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 a beautiful backdrop, you know, and now it's just up for us to have a nice conversation. You ready to kick this off? Uh, yes, I am. All right, my man. Let's roll with this. So uh, so let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, remove the rank. Uh, who is Sam Rhoda? All right. So removing the rank, Sam Rhoda. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, it's a tough question, you know, kind of getting into who a person is. But if I kind of list some of the things I've done, maybe that's a good way to start. So, um I'm married. Uh, my wife is, you know, Sarah. She's very loving, very supportive of my multiple career changes. Um, I'm still trying to figure out who I am exactly. <laughs> uh, for the past few years, I was working as a PJ full time with one with third. Um, currently, I'm going to school. I'm trying to become a nurse. I want to do nurse anesthesia eventually. Um, and you know, I, I still want to be involved with the one with third. Uh, before that, I was in school for a while. So, um, as far as things I enjoy. I mean, that's also kind of, you know, a tough question because I feel like a lot of the things I enjoy are also the things I do at work. So, you know, like, <laughs> does it really count if you do it for work? Probably. Uh, but as far as things I like to do outside of work, um, I do enjoy climbing outside of work. I do enjoy, you know, staying fit. Um, I've been playing piano recently. I think that's mm. been a healthy hobby because it's totally unrelated to anything I do at work. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I enjoy spending time with family. All right. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for that. Uh, so how long have you been married? Uh, we've been, well, we've been together since high school, but we've been married for the past six years. Six years. Uh, your wife's name is, we say Mary? Uh, Sarah. Uh, Sarah. Uh, Sarah. Yes, yeah. All right. All right. Well, Sarah, thank you. Thank you for allowing <laughs> us to to borrow your loved one, Sam. So uh, he's doing great things. And uh, when he said your name just now, uh, he kind of... Uh, he kind of lit up. It was like a <laughs> uh, a cloud around him. So, yeah. so uh, Sarah, he really loves you. <laughs> She'll enjoy that. Thank you. <laughs> so you said piano, huh? Yeah. 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 Like, classical or just, you know. Well, so, I mean, without getting too, like, you know, in depth with, like, uh, you know, I think without necessarily going down a whole, like, mental health rabbit, rabbit hole, but I do think it's very mentally healthy to have hobbies that are totally unrelated to work. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that drew me to pararescue was that it aligned with a lot of my interests. You know, I enjoy climbing. I enjoy staying fit. I enjoy, uh, like, martial arts, running. Um, 
and then you know I'm interested in medicine but then when all of your hobbies become work related you know that's not always the most mentally healthy thing so uh, recently I picked up piano again because I I played it growing up I always enjoyed it and it's something totally unrelated to work so it's been a very mentally healthy activity ah that's that's awesome man yeah. <laughs> We should have bought a piano in here, and you could have played us a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm not that good. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to perfect the song, and then and we'll have you back on the podcast. You know, and it'll just be Sam Rota's piano serenade. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate it, but we have some really wonderful people. I mean, like one of the guys at our squadron, he he went to college for piano. He's an amazing piano player. So. Um, yeah, I'll never be at his level, but it's, <laughs> it's fun just as a hobby. Oh, man, that's outstanding, man. Hey, thank you for sharing that. I uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, so uh, let's talk about uh, your career path and uh, what made you to, to decide to join the Air National Guard? Um, so that was a b- bit of a process, too. So I'm you know, relatively green within the National Guard. Um, but before this, I was in the Coast Guard. Uh, I originally was going to join the Army. I wanted to be a 68 Whiskey. Uh, but I was in high school at the time, and my parents were not thrilled with uh, that career path. They they were just concerned, you know, people have a different perception of the military, and they were concerned, you know, that I'd be at danger, you know. And being a high school student, you know, your family is your parents at that point. So, and I, I believe family is important. So I I respected their wishes, and I kind of compromised with them. I joined the Coast Guard. I did um, pollution response in the Coast Guard, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the people I was with. The work was uh, fairly interesting, but maybe not exactly what I wanted. So when my contract there ended, um, it was also around the same time that I was finishing physical therapy school because mm-hmm. um, I, I was Coast Guard Reserve, so I was going to school at the same time. And then physical therapy, I found, wasn't entirely what I wanted to do, um, but I still wanted to finish it, you know, basically on principle of I think it's good to finish the things you start. Um, so I finished physical therapy school and finished the Coast Guard around the same time. And I decided either I was going to stay, you know, find something more interesting in the military or just get out. Mm-hmm. So um, Google is a wonderful tool. I just pulled <laughs> up. I think, you know, I searched my Google query must have been like every job in the military. And then, you know, I pulled up a list of every job in the military. And then over the course of a couple of weeks, I just went down the jobs one by one by one until I found one that interested me. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, pararescue sounds interesting. I'll go for that. Um, and then from there I was like, okay, well, what's the closest squadron? And it happened to be Long Island. Um, I was living in Delaware at the time, um, but Long Island was the closest squadron. So then I called them and, you know, said I wouldn't be a PJ. And then they were like, okay, yeah, yeah, lots of people want to be PJs. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I just kind of followed through with the process, and then mm-hmm. eventually uh, I'm here. So. Wow. Now, that's quite a journey. You know? So uh, how many years total to include your Coast Guard time have, have you been serving? Uh, I've been 12 years now. Been 12 years? Man, yeah. 12 years? Yeah, I joined in uh, 2010. Wow, man. I'm, you look so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People say I have a baby face, which is, it's a, it's a bad thing when you're young, but when you get older, it's a when good thing. When you get older, yeah. it's a good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look so young. I would have never thought you'd been in for 12 years. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. So, um, so you mentioned, um, that you're a pararescue man, uh, PJ. Uh, so, uh, talk a little bit more, um, about, uh, this career field in the Air National Guard. Um, so I, again, like I'm, I'm pretty new in the career field. I don't want to make it seem like I've done more than I have. Um, so, I mean, I graduated from the pipeline. What was it, uh, 20, 
see, it'll be January of 2020, right? Yeah, it was right before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, mm-hmm. which, you know, was the beginning of 2020. Um, so, I mean, I, I really have not done, you know, a ton with my career field. Um, um, I was very lucky to um, do a activation with the squadron and go to Elmer's Hospital during COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, and spend some time. That was really how I got to know some of the guys because I was, I was brand new. I had just come back from the um, MQT course. Um, but other than that, I haven't done too much. I've done lots of training. I've really enjoyed the people I've been with. Uh, the people have been amazing. That's, I always tell people, you know, they say, what's the best part about the career field pararescue? It's definitely the people. Hmm. All the people are amazing. The leaders are amazing. My teammates are amazing. Um, I, you know, when I look around the room, I'm always like, I'm always impressed by the people and, uh, you know, I'm always honored to be amongst them. So wow. that's good stuff. So what the, the, what's the mission of a, of a PJ? Oh, okay. Yeah. Statement. Sorry. So, no, if that's what you're getting at. So, uh, it's definitely, um, it, it's variable depending on current conditions and current missions and what we're tasked with. Uh, typically it's thought of as combat search and rescue or personnel recovery. You know, that's sort of like the classic mission of a PJ, uh, you know, it originated in Vietnam, mm-hmm. basically for pilots that were shot down. And over time, it's evolved to be to include other forms of personnel recovery. And then for a while, pararescuemen were involved with like uh, you know Kazovac missions, but that's ne- not necessarily the true mission set of a PJ. But it is something that they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I think we like to think of ourselves as problem solvers. You know, I think as everyone involved with like special operations likes to think of themselves as. Mm-hmm. And really, if there's a problem that's presented with us, um, then we can come to a solution and solve it. So mm. uh, definitely, you know, going forward into the, into the future, and I'm not the most qualified to talk about it, <laughs> um, but I think the idea is to basically use our prior skill sets to address the problems of future wars. Wow. So, so you, you guys be jumping out of planes? Uh, yeah. So you jump out of planes. Um, <laughs> I saw... I. I saw uh, your boss, Chief Houston, you know, when he was taking me for a tour around here and he, he showed me one of these, this big, huge barrel thing that <laughs> you sit on top of and you jump out the back of the airplane with this thing strapped to you. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, how much does that thing weigh? I think it was like, what, 500 pounds or something like that? Uh, there's different weights. Some of them are yeah. really big. I, I'm not tandem certified. Yeah. So like to do to do like a barrel jump, uh, that's part of your tandem master qualification. But we do have a handful of guys who are tandem qualified, including our chief-to-be, uh, you know, Tom, <laughs> and then my supervisor. Uh, there's a few guys as well. That, um, it's very impressive whenever they jump out with that barrel. It just, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole show, you know, like you have to put it on the rollers and then you do like a count and everyone, yeah, it's, it's a spectacle, but very impressive. Wow. Man, that's good stuff. So, so this wing here, this mission set here at the one Oh six, um, you know, it's, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. It's all about people because you guys go into, um, danger where others run away from danger. You go to, you go in to rescue people and to save lives, you know, and that's what this wing is known for is known for saving lives, you know, whether it's in wartime, whether it's a national disaster, a hurricane, you know, the, the 106 rescue wing and what the PJs do, uh, is, is phenomenal. So, so hats off to you, uh, for being a part of this organization. And, um, I know you're going to be here, uh, for, for a long time to come. So. All right. So, uh, so what do you like the most about being in the military and, um, how did you stay motivated to perform at, at such a high level? 
So, um, I mean, I kind of touched on a little bit already, but the thing I like most about being in the military is the people. Uh, it's the reason I love the Coast Guard. The people I worked with were great. You know, maybe the job wasn't what I wanted, but the people were great. And that's the reason that, uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I love, you know, pararescue as a career field, but the, the biggest one is the people, you know, the teammates, like the guys I've met, everyone's amazing. So mm-hmm. I really enjoy being with them. And honestly, I think everyone in, yeah, everyone in pararescue has like an innate drive to be, you know, high achieving and motivated, but definitely a big component of it is being around those guys as well, being surrounded by other high achievers, um, just trying to like live up to, you know, the standards of everyone else. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big motivating factor too, just yeah. trying to, you know, not let your teammates down, not let your you know supervisor just, you know, living up to, you know, what what they believe you can be and, you know, wow. what yeah. they're doing as well. So, yeah, that's, that's motivation enough, you know? So, I mean, the training to, to get to where you are is very extensive, you know, as well. Correct. Uh, yeah. So the training, uh, I think on paper, they usually claim it's like a year and a half to two years, but it's very rare for someone to make it through training in less than two and a half. So I think normal is like two and a half to three years. Wow. Um, Cause you know, if you line up all the blocks of schools, you know, it ends up being like a year and a half. But there's transition time between schools and, you know, like, you know, arriving to the school. And then when you're not, when you're not in a school, you're still in something called casual SAS, at least when I went through. And so altogether, it ends up being two and a half, three years on average. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, you got to be committed. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess once you come back as well, you're not mission qualified and for another like six months to a year after yeah. that. So I guess altogether, it's more like three or four years. Wow. Man, that's some serious dedication. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you, you get to, you know, do all kinds of very interesting things. And uh, I've always been a bit of an academic, so I enjoy the learning as well. Nice. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, so uh, let's talk about challenges. Uh, what challenges have you faced and uh, how you overcame them? Um, you know, so I, I noticed that the question is in the past tense. How have you overcome them? But I think everyone, you know, we still have challenges and we're still overcoming them oh, yeah. as we speak. So um I've had, you know, a variety of challenges, but nothing, I don't want to make them seem like they're more grand than they are. Uh, you know, school was always challenging just because, uh, you know, physical therapy school is very challenging. It's uh, the, the school I went to was in Delaware and, um, you know, it's a doctorate program, it's an accelerator program. So that was a busy time in my life. At the same time, I was a cone here. So I was just trying to get ready for uh, indoc. And um, I've never been a very physically fit person, so I've enjoyed fitness, but I've never, you know, been naturally athletic or fit person. I was always, you know, you play you know, kickball in elementary school, I was always the last kid to be picked. <laughs> um, so that was definitely a big obstacle to overcome. I'd always been very academically successful mm-hmm. um, and reaching high levels within my academic career, but I didn't have too many physical successes. So I'd say getting ready for the indoctrination course, which is our selection, you know, the most physically demanding portion of it. Um, that was that was definitely a challenge. And that was something I was very proud of because that was really my first like physical fitness related accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Probably one of my only like physical fitness related <laughs> accomplishments. Um, so th- that was, you know, pretty meaningful, me- meaningful to me and sort of rounding out that part of my accomplishments. Um, but you know, there's always the daily challenges of just having a busy schedule, um, being away from family, mm-hmm. trying to balance uh, the needs of family with the, you know, your work goals. So, yeah. So, so how did you mentally prepare for the, that physical uh, in-doc training? Uh, I'd say mentally, I mean, 
there's not too much to it. It's the same as like anyone would expect, you know, just, you know, repetition and just spending more time, you know, spend, spend more time like suffering, you know, like <laughs> get used to suffering and just, you know, decide that's something you want, you know, decide that the cost benefit analysis is there for you and mm -hmm. that, you know, whatever the cost is, it will be beneficial in the long term. So pe people can do anything, you know, like people are amazing and you can do anything you want if you decide the, the sacrifice is worth it. So, yeah. um, for that goal in specific, I had decided the sacrifice was worth it and, you know, he just has to put in the time at that point. So. Yeah. Listen, man, you, you sitting here, you're, you're cool, you're calm, you're collective, uh, you know, the, the three C's, man. And, you know, and the way that you're talking about this is just like, you know, matter of fact, <laughs> because that's the that's just the way you are. It's it's in your nature. And, um, it, you know, the training that you went through and how you got to where you are today um I don't want to put a percent, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm sure there's a small percentage of folks that actually, you know, become a PJ, um, you know, and, you know, so it's, it's very, very challenging. You know, I know a couple of members who didn't become a PJ and they came back from training and, you know, they could barely walk or they can barely stand. But when, when I spoke to that person, they said it was all mental. He said that they got to the point where they broke me, you know, mentally, you know, and to sit here and to listen to you um, and the way you carry yourself and your composure, you know, I'm glad you're on outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, if you do want to know, and I, I do enjoy talking about it, like the mental strategies I, I use while I was there in doc, because um, I, I really do, I am motivated by the people. Um, so I always just, you know, when, when times are suffering, I always did it just, you know, for the people I loved. So mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, the water, the pool is always the hardest part for the training. Um, so every stroke I would think about a person I love, you know, wow. whether it's a friend or a family and just think about all the reasons you love them and then just, just keeps you going. So, wow. um, and that, that was always my motivation. So yeah. just like, you know, whatever you do, it's for the people you love. And, you know, that's like what the career field's all about. You know, there's a lot of tough guys and I don't, I don't think a lot of guys like talk about their feelings. So maybe, maybe my talking about my feelings will make them uncomfortable. But um, I do think on some level, everyone in the career field is there for the people and that's what they're motivated, whether they admit it or not. So. Uh, nah, that's awesome, man. Thanks yeah. for being vulnerable, man. I, yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> all right, man. So uh, how you doing? Having a good time? Yeah, I am. Yeah, all right, man. This is fun. So, so what advice uh, would you give to other members looking to follow in your footsteps? Um, so the, you know, joining the military is a, a tricky thing. I think there's a lot of really good opportunities out there. I think you just need to decide what it is you want out of them. You know, so when you join the military, I think really when you do anything in life, I, I do believe in living life intentionally. Um, you know, if, you know, if you don't take charge of life, life will take charge of you. So just kind of decide what it is you want to do. And then find a way to do it. Um, and, you know, really just believe in yourself because you can do anything you want if you decide the sacrifice is worth it. So mm -hmm. if you're willing to put in the time and the sacrifice, you can do anything. Wow. So. All right. That's good advice. You know, so your why, your why is your motivation. Uh, your your purpose will will lead you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it uh, sounds like to me that you've you have that purpose in life. Yeah, at, at times, yeah. So for some things in life, some things not so much. I don't want to make it sound like I'm, you know, <laughs> go, go, go all the time. Um, but, you know, I, I do tend to find things that motivate me and then pursue them. So, yeah, that's awesome. All right. So, uh, this is a question that's near and dear to my heart. And, uh, and I'm sure Chief Houston wants to know that your answer to this as well. So, what, what do you expect from your leaders? 
So the leadership of the 103rd is fantastic. I mean, I, I really, I'm not just saying it to, you know, like blow smoke. I, I really think they're all fantastic. Uh, earlier you met, uh, you know, he doesn't like the term, but chief select Pierce. I know, I know that's not a real term, but uh, we like to call him that. And, you know, he's a fantastic leader. We're all excited for him to be our, our, you know, chief to be. And then, you know, we're dividing the team. So gold team, silver team, all the leadership's fantastic down to the NCOs our you know, the operations, everyone's really great. So it, what I expect from my leaders is to, you know, be the way they are. Yeah, they're great. Um, if you, if you want an actual answer, um, I think, you know, pushing us to be the best we can. Um, I do appreciate, there's definitely a balance as well, you know, trying to allow people to do what's right for them and for their family, for their life. Cause you know, the military is wonderful. I, I love the work I do. I love the people I'm with, but it is true at the end of your life, you know, it's going to be family you're with. It's not going to be the military, you know? Hmm. Um, and you know, I hope that's not blasphemous to say on like a military no. podcast, yeah, but no. <laughs> you know, at the end of the end of the road, like it's family that's going to be by your side. Yes. So uh, there is definitely a balance, and I do think that they've done a good job of allowing us to say say no to things as well when it involves putting, you know, our our future with our family, our future life endeavors first, and that's been very meaningful in ways too. You know. Yeah. Um, some of the leaders I've had, you know, at the one with her, they've checked in, you know, just making sure that, you know, everything might be fine at work, but just making sure everything's okay at home as well. So I always appreciate that. So. Wow. Man, that's, uh, that's awesome, man. And, uh, you know, there's been a theme with you on this podcast and, and everything goes back to people and family, um, and having that connection. And so, um, it, and that's extremely important, to, you know, especially for, you know, our loved ones uh, who, you know, because they serve right along with us. Uh, so, you know, the more that we can bring them in and have them be a part of what we do in the military so that they can f- be fully transparent, so they can fully uh, understand um, that the, the better off we're going to be, you know, because that unconditional love and support that we get from our family is extremely important. So and I know, you know, just like with you and, and with others, members that wear the uniform, you know, if our family isn't taken care of, then we're not whole. You know, we're not focused 100 percent on what we need to do for mission accomplishment. So and it sounds like your leadership fully embraces that and fully understands that. And um, they want to make sure that your family uh, is involved and that your family is priority number one. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always say, you know, like, I mean, the the mom of a PJ, uh, you know, maybe it's a little grandiose, but, you know, that others may live. So mm-hmm. but we've all signed up for suffering and sacrifice, but our families didn't. So, Correct. you know, just making sure that they're taken care of in ways that are appropriate. So that's always meaningful. Yes, it is. And, you know, and uh, one of our core values, I like to always say it's uh, it says service before self, um, but it doesn't say service before family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So. Uh, wow. Man, we we're uh, we're we're coming uh, close to the end, man. Uh, you know, you still hanging in there with me? Yeah, I am. All right, okay. So, uh, what's next uh, for Sam Rhoda? Uh, what does the future hold, or what would you like to accomplish? Um, so, <laughs> uh, if I can, you know, backtrack just a little bit. There's this. Uh, I think there's this funny phenomenon, especially with uh, PJs. Uh, I always like to say we're like the 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 dog that caught the car you know like you know those dogs that would chase cars but yes. then you catch it then, then what so i think um there's always a challenge especially for guys in um careers that they've been pursuing for a while i'm sure it's not unique to pararescue there's probably other career fields as well 
you know, once you reach it, then you're like, oh, okay, what now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, aside from, you know, hoping to be a productive member of the 103rd in the future, um, I am working on going back to school for nursing as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It seemed to offer the work-life balance I was kind of looking for. Um, And then I would eventually like to do nurse anesthesia. So, um, currently working on that on the outside. Okay. All right. You're going to get there. Yeah. No, no doubt in my mind. You are determined. You are, you are, you're very determined and, uh, you know, you're dedicated to whatever you set your mind to, you know, um, you know, you're going to accomplish it. So, um, I can't wait to see, uh, what the future holds for Sam Rota. Oh, thank you. (laughs) All right. So, uh, closing comments, uh, what are your closing thoughts or messages you would like to leave with our listeners today? You know, uh, I couldn't really come up with a great answer to that, but I think after being on here, um, what I would have to say is a combination, you know, a message of gratitude. So thank you for having me here. Um, but then also, you know, if it's not too, too obnoxious to say, I, I don't think there's anything necessarily super special about me. Um, I just had a good opportunity to be on here, but really, you know, you can, if you surround yourself by wonderful people, eventually, you know, they'll bring you up. And I think that's, that this is probably a good example of that. I'm, I always surround myself by wonderful people at the one third and, you know, they allowed me to come on this podcast. You allowed me to come on this podcast. And so I don't want anyone to sell themselves short, you know, keep surrounding yourself by wonderful people, you know, people that bring you up and then, you know, you'll find yourself in good places. Wow. Thank you. Spoken like a true humble PJ. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, teamies, that's it for episode 12 as well as season two. Sam, I thank you for the conversation today um, and your willingness to share your story. Your journey journey has been fulfilling, and I appreciate your dedication, discipline, and strength. Keep doing big things, and uh, much respect to you. You know, thank you, Chief. Teammates, another successful recording session complete. As always, a shout out to the one on my airlift wing public affairs section, especially the person behind the scenes keeping us organized and on point, Mrs. Jackie Lyons. Until the next JTL episode, I leave you with a quote from David Goggins. From the time you take your first breath, you become eligible to die. You also become eligible to find your greatness and become the one warrior. Keep aiming high, teammates. Chief out. <laughs>